This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Richard, one of the things I love about How Do We Fix It is we get to meet the coolest people. Yeah, we call them up and they actually talk to us and we learn things. Today, we're going to learn about a radically different approach to fighting racism and divisiveness. Chloe Valdery, fighting hate with love. Theory of Enchantment really helps awaken people to the wonder of their own lives by taking them through this process of self-discovery, by teaching them in an internalized way that human beings are capable of incredible change for the good. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How, how do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? You know, a lot of our shows deal with the growing intellectual movement that stands a little bit outside the usual political divides of right versus left. This movement that, that we like doesn't really have a name, but you could call it heterodoxy, being open to ideas from different sides. Our guest today is certainly a heterodox thinker, but more than that, she wants to teach those skills to others. She wants everyone to think for themselves. Chloe Valdery is an entrepreneur and educator who has created a fascinating program called The Theory of Enchantment. It's a curriculum that teaches personal resilience, but also tolerance for other viewpoints. Chloe joins us from New York. Welcome to How Do We Fix It? Thank you for having me. The bedrock of your work is something you call the three principles. Can you just get us started by listing what those principles are? Yeah, so these are the three principles of the theory of enchantment. The first principle is treat people like human beings, not political abstractions. Second principle is criticize to uplift and empower, never to tear down, never to destroy. And third principle is try to root everything you do in love and compassion. So let's start with the first one, Chloe. What do you mean when you say we are human beings and not political abstractions? Yeah, I think this is uh, the first principle because it's one that's sort of taken for granted and a bit elusive um, at first glance. It's like, of course, we're human beings. We're not trees or rocks or, you know, um, but we take for granted the, the human condition and the fact that as human beings, we're capable of change. Um, we're capable of incredible potential, both in the in the good sense and the, in a negative sense. And we also take for granted the fact that as human beings, um, we all deal with a various set of uh, complex issues, including this issue of vulnerability, the issue of imperfection, the issue of making peace with our mortality. Like this is what it fundamentally means to be human. 
And how does that apply to the current moment? I, I'm thinking especially of, of social media, where it seems that so many people are objectified by others. Yeah, I mean, I think for a whole host of reasons stemming from how algorithms are shaped, social media triggers us and incentivizes us to caricature one another, to put people into boxes, to assume um, that snapshot experiences of each other uh, you know, can can suggest the full complexity of the human being, which is just not true. Another thing I'd say is that if you think about the difference between our our limbic system in our brains and the prefrontal cortex of our brains, um, and you know, sort of like the lizard brain aspect of the lim limbic system, social media is definitely oftentimes triggering that aspect of of our brains. And so, if we can sort of get out of that and come into the, the present and realize that not everything requires that sort of response. Um, and certainly not everything requires a fear-based response. Um, I think we would be able to be in better relationship with each other. So some people with a big idea write a book or they go on lecture tours, but you started a company to teach your ideas to other people. Uh, and tell us about that company. Tell us about the theory of enchantment. Yes, so the theory of enchantment takes those three principles that I mentioned earlier and really turns them into a practice um, through a 25 lesson course um, and basically instructs people on first how to be in a healthy relationship with themselves. And then after you've learned how to be in a relationship with yourself, you can learn empathy, you can build a capacity for compassion um, and be in a relationship with your neighbor. So the course is all about that. It uses a lot of tools found in developmental psychology. It's based upon Abraham Maslow's, um, you know, idea of this hierarchy of needs with self-actualization and transcendence being at the top. Also teaches important skill sets like stoicism. Um, but in addition to all of these educationally rooted tools, it's very, it's also a very fun course because it uses pop culture to reinforce a lot of the teachings. So, for example, when we teach stoicism, we talk a lot about Marcus Aurelius. Um, and some of the things he taught, um, but we also bring it to the present and we use the Lion King as a way to sort of like see stoic values play itself out in a particular story. Well, let me ask you about that. How do you use the Lion King? You know, Simba in the Lion King starts out as a very juvenile, immature, egocentric being um, who thinks that the purpose of kingship is all about brushing up on his mane and having the loudest roar. He confuses bravery for recklessness. Um, so there's a lot of that in the beginning of the film. And in Stoicism, um, one of the most important teachings of Stoicism is to meditate on your mortality, to remember that you are mortal and that you will die. And one of the first things that Mufasa tries to teach Simba before he dies in the beginning of The Lion King is this essential claim, is this essential truth. He says, you know, we're all connected in the great circle of life. I won't be here all the time with you. One day I will pass on. Um, and so Simba in his uh, very youthful jubilance can't quite understand this. Um, and Simba has a rude awakening when his father dies, when Mufasa is killed, which it, he initially can't handle, right? So he goes into exile. Um, but he must learn to make peace with this fact and understand what it actually means to be king, which is taking responsibility for your actions and um, taking responsibility for those under your leadership. You really can't run away into exile, away from those responsibilities. Um, so in the same way that Stoicism teaches 
Meditate on Your Mortality also teaches this concept of sympathia, which is this idea that um, we are all interconnected in a sort of like global way. And it's, it's this idea of taking the view from above, um, like a bird's eye view to see how you're interconnected. Um, and of course, this idea is very much embodied in the entire song, uh, The Circle of Life, which is both the opening song of The Lion King and the point of The Lion King. Like Simba has to actually learn and internalize the meaning of The Circle of Life um, in order to become king and take his rightful place in the Wow. Rock. Okay, when can I sign up for this course? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can sign up anytime. It's online. <laughs> so, so how does it work exactly? You have instructors who go into schools, or, you, or is it something that schools take the curriculum from the theory of enchantment? Or how do people go through these modules? Our course is on an online platform called Teachable. If you are a school, now I recognize that for whatever reason, um, it is very difficult for schools as a whole, especially now with COVID-19, um, to make social-emotional learning purchases. Floyd, let me just stop you for a second, because this yeah. phrase, social and emotional learning, it's a really important idea in education, but not everybody necessarily understands it. Your, your course is a version of it, kind of an updated yeah. version of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, social-emotional learning, when we think of social-emotional learning, we think of how to give students not only the capacity for IQ but for EQ for emotional intelligence to have the necessary tools again to be in a healthy relationship with both themselves um, and their peers and this is especially relevant um, for teenagers you know Gen Z any teenager is in a developmental stage in their life at the moment their brains are still developing they're developing hormones for the first time as they're still having to navigate uh, this this crazy world and they and they need tools to be able to teach them how to do that. What's the inspiration for that lovely title, The Theory of Enchantment? Yes, so it's a great question. The first, the primary source of inspiration is, I'd say, that The Theory of Enchantment really helps awaken people to the wonder of their own lives by taking them through this process of self-discovery, by teaching them in an internalized way that human beings are capable of incredible change for the good, um, incredible, what I would call the redemptive process of being transformed from, you know, engaging in bad behavior to engaging in good behavior. Um, and that wonder and that joy, I think I, I very much associate with this concept of enchantment because it's a, it's a feeling full of awe. Um, and, and I think it changes one's relationship with one's life once one goes through the process. But in addition to that, um, you know, enchantment is already associated with Disney, um, sort of like the enchanted forest, this idea of um, discovering, you know, discover discovering truth through fairy tales and through um, age old stories is something that is a theme that runs throughout the course. Your course and your writing pass on this idea that pop culture can be very important. And I often think it's dismissed as being just merely you know, two or three minute love songs or movies that are purely for entertainment. But Disney and Beyonce uh, can be really inspiring for people. Could you explain why, in the case of Beyonce, that she is this such a strong force in the lives of especially young women? Yeah, so I always like to say that if we believe that certain wisdom is timeless, if there's such a thing as timeless wisdom, then we should expect to see them in contemporary form. Um, and so I think that pop culture 
broadly speaking embodies that in terms of Beyonce I'd say um you know Beyonce represents and has painstakingly uh crafted an image that is associated with this a very specific archetype which is the archetype of the uh, divine feminine, the benevolent mother. It's an archetype that has been talked about by Carl Jung and um, Joseph Campbell and others who, you know, sort of uh, talk about this kind of concept of the hero's journey. So um, Beyonce has embodied this in a lot of the art and visual albums that she's put out. Um, but what she's doing in, in a lot of these pieces is embodying this concept of the benevol benevolent mother, the divine feminine, which is why so many women see themselves in their reflection and their potential reflected in her artwork. Um, not only because she does it so well, but because she is paying ode to a timeless archetype that has existed in, across multiple cultures in multiple countries, um, which I think is also really cool because it shows you how interconnected we are as a species. I love it when Joseph Campbell comes up on the podcast. <laughs> so um, it's not just pop culture and pop music though. Uh, you also have students read James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think James Baldwin was one of the few um, cultural critics writing in the 50s and 60s who um, introduced a psychological lens to the challenges of race and racism in America. Um, he he wasn't only speaking about sort of what you hear today today a lot in a lot of circles, which is just the external structures, but he actually talked about the internal structures of the human condition, um, what caused people to become prejudiced in the first place, which has a lot to do, do with um, insecurity and self-contempt and overcompensation. For example, in his essay, The Fire Next Time, he speaks about the racism of white America, but he also speaks about the racism of uh, folks in the Nation of Islam, for example, and where they were coming from. And so his he, he presents a very broad and holistic lens um, that is critical and very much incisive, but also is ultimately in an attempt to have compassion for the people even that he's critical of. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And we're speaking with Chloe Valdery about the theory of enchantment, which is also a company that she heads up. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. There's a political ideology out there that seems to be everywhere today. Sometimes it goes under the label of intersectionality or critical race theory. You, you see it in books like White Fragility that says basically the most important thing about a person is 
what group are they in? You know, how, what identity labels can you put on them? Race, gender, sexual orientation. Your work goes in a different direction. It doesn't deny these identities, but maybe wants to transcend them. But I, I, I guess I'm wondering why is this intersectional viewpoint so, uh, so dominant today? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure I know the answer to why it's become so popular. Uh, you know, it's definitely an academic thing more than anything else. I don't think that the I don't think that the average person necessarily subscribes to um, this, even though they may be familiar with the terminology. If you were to explain what the terminology means, I think the average person would actually not agree with all of the details. But I would also say that. Um, there is, I think, a bit of a crisis of meaning that we're dealing with in modern in modernity, um, and this crisis of meaning, unfortunately, exacerbates tensions between human beings, um, turns us into more cynical beings. What do you mean when you say there's a crisis of meaning? Yeah, I mean, I think that we live in a very hyper-commodified society, and we lack, and I'm speaking generally here, but I think we, many of us, lack a sense of inner um, autonomy and a sense of inner selfhood and a sense of um, locus of control because everything is so mediated by how we're responding on social media. A lot of us don't take the time to, to actually develop healthy relationships with ourselves as separate from how we interact on social media, nor do we know that, that, that such a thing is worth doing. Use that term locus of control. This is a really fascinating concept that sometimes comes up in how people respond to disasters. Also, there's so much about life in general, but certainly about social media that is fleeting. And if you are not able to recognize that and pull yourself out and depersonalize the interactions that you're having on social media and act as if everything on social media is somehow intrinsically uh, connected to your self-worth as a human being, that suggests a lack of a, uh, I would say a lack of a, a locus of control, an internal locus of control, because everything that defines you is external as opposed to internal, as opposed to you having a deep sense of your self-worth. Let's move to the second principle in your set of ideas, which is use criticism to uplift, not to tear down. That is something most of us have to remind ourselves of, right? Yeah, certainly, including myself. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is one of the hardest uh, principles to put into practice. Um, but what, where this comes from is actually in part understanding where it or how extremism develops. Um, it's usually it's usually the internal insecurity that drives a lot of this. Um, and that insecurity combined with a measure of self-contempt oftentimes results in overcompensation for that self-contempt um, and leads to these individuals um, looking toward groups that will fill up their need for a sense of belonging or need for a sense of community um, et cetera, which is what we all human beings need, right? So if you know that this is a process by which people join extremist groups, for example, and it could be racially extremist groups, but it could also be gang gang members, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, the process works in the same way. If you understand this, then the way to intercept or preempt that process requires that you not uh, contribute to that level of internal insecurity by criticizing them in a manner that just uh, says that they're worthless, because then that will actually make the process by which they join these extremist groups more likely. 
You recently said, if we don't have the skill set to love ourselves, how can we love each other? And part of your mission is to teach people that skill set? Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is what we go over in the first third of the course. It's all about practice and self-love. Um, and to reiterate, James Baldwin argued about this uh, specifically in the context of, of uh, prejudice versus racial harmony. He said, um, he wrote about this in the 60s. He said, when white Americans, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, when white Americans learn to love themselves, there will be no more racism. And that's the point. <laughs> and that's one of the most profound points that he he made in, the, in most of his writings and something that we um, I think gloss over today or, or selectively ignore. It's like, yes, and this is it's not true on the only on the racial front, but in general, it's like the human condition. You cannot love other others if you are uh, not in love with yourself. And moreover, if you lack that love for yourself, the likelihood that you will lash out at others as a result becomes um, higher. And that leads us to your third principle, lead with love and compassion. How do we do that? So uh, the entire course is really a practice in this. And, uh, you know, we, we study Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech, um, but we also study um, incredible uh, moments in history when, uh, in the aftermath of hatred and bigotry, um, love and reconciliation actually um, took over uh, because of uh, a few key decisions made by leaders in certain societies. So, for example, we studied the aftermath of the Rwandan genocide and how the Hutus and the Tutsis actually reconciled themselves with each other um, systematically, um, in part through a system of restorative justice um, that was implemented in that society. We studied the we studied the Disney film Moana, which is a beautiful representation of this, um, and we also studied other. Uh, elements of pop culture that reiterate this, this importance of self-love and then agape love in general. And we studied, for example, Les Mis, which reinforces a lot of these teachings as well. But again, the entire course ends up being actually a lesson or a practice in how to love, um, but we just make it explicit when it comes to the third principle. There's so much hatred and division out there not just on social media, but sometimes even in the streets. Yeah. But, but you say love is the answer and that we can learn how to love. You're devoting your life and work to this. Are you optimistic? Well, I think one has to be. <laughs> um, but I think that if I work in, in this direction, I'm more likely to achieve my, my goals and get other people to move in this direction um, than if I you know, were to just sort of be uh, passive about the whole thing. But actually, I, I do think that, you know, from the feedback that I've received and the um, uh, responses that I've gotten to Theory of Enchantment thus far, I think people are actually hungry for uh, a framework that is all about racial justice and police reform and all these very various important issues, but that's rooted in the love piece for it. I think people are looking for it. So I'd say, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty optimistic. And I, I think ultimately it can, it can win and, and help us overcome some of, some of our mo more base tendencies to descend into rage and to descend into violence and descend into otherizing and to overcome that. And to be able to contribute to that project is is a real gift. And so I'm just just really grateful to be able to do so. Chloe Valdery, I sure hope you're right. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. And Jim, before our conversation, it's our recommendation. What do you have for us this week? 
Well, you know I'm a big music fan, and my recommendation this week is a novel about music by David Mitchell, the writer who did The Cloud Atlas, The Bone Clocks, and a bunch of other wonderful novels. This takes place in the 60s, and it's about a a British rock and roll group that combines a little bit of jazz and progressive rock with a little folk influence. So maybe you would think about a band like Traffic or, or somebody like that. And he weaves in a lot of real life figures from world of music, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton make little appearances and Joni Mitchell is makes a little appearance. It's just for a music fan. It's really fun. It's just a lovely novel, Utopia Avenue by David Mitchell. I love this concept of using both classical literature and philosophy along with the music of Beyonce and the Disney movies to teach some fundamental truths about the way we live our lives. Yeah, it's a really it's a great concept. It's very inclusive. She made a point at once that people have trouble understanding what's inside of them but sometimes they can see themselves reflected in entertainment. And I think this is maybe especially true for adolescents. It gives some, some models and some things to talk about to help realize that these values of, of rising above emotion and, and being more tolerant of others and more loving, that these are capacities they have. They may not have been developed yet. And this show is really a companion piece to the recent interview we did with Eric Weiner about his book, The Socrates Express, and this whole idea that in this anxious time, that philosophy and ancient wisdom can help us center ourselves, give us a, a better sense of meaning and purpose in our lives. Absolutely. Chloe is in a really interesting position of essentially arguing the opposite of what is being argued in a lot of progressive circles today. She's essentially put together an entire program to help people see themselves differently from that model. But when I asked her about it a couple of times, it's not something she necessarily wants to take on head on. It's not her style to go to the barricades and fight against ideas so much as to as to produce an alternate path that's more attractive and that it will, can win people over in a positive way. Yeah, and leading with love and compassion. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And our producer is Miranda Schaefer. And this show is a production of Davies Content. Find out more about our podcast consulting at DaviesContent.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.